guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Have any of you guys ever waited for something? Like, truly waited for something. I'm not talking about, like, waiting a minute 30 for your Hot Pocket, all right? Um, I'm not talking about, like, waiting the last six months for the new Taylor Swift album, all right? And yes, I had to Google this week what big things have happened this past week because I'm so out of touch with things that are going on, especially with, like, music and things. Um, so I, I noticed that uh, Taylor Swift had a new album, so I figured, oh, I'll use that. I mean, maybe that'll be relatable. I'm not talking about that kind of waiting. I'm talking about the kind of waiting that just takes forever and ever and ever. And it just seems like it's never going to end. Um, And just to kind of give you an example of how this works, like when we're kids, like we wait for things like Christmas. You know, we wait to run downstairs and open up presents and see what we got. Or if you're me, you don't wait and you just sneak into your parents' room and find out what you got anyway and then act super surprised when you open it up. Um, and even I do that now, like I just check my like Amazon and see what my wife bought from me. Um, um, she's probably going to listen to this too. Uh, no, but uh, and then you graduated from stuff like that, from waiting for Christmas, waiting for Easter, waiting for birthdays, to waiting for school to end, uh, waiting for graduation, all kinds of things like that. And then when you get to be an adult, you wait for really exciting things. All right. So spoiler alert: you wait for like Friday. <laughs> You wait for your Amazon box to come on the front porch. Um, I mean, you wait for everybody in your house to be done in the bathroom. I mean, those are like silly little things that we wait for. Um, But I'm really talking about waiting for things that seem like they're a little bit more important, that they're a little bit longer. So the title of my message tonight is Trust the Process. All right, and this this kind of has a long story to it. Um, I've really kind of felt like for the last couple of weeks, God has really kind of been like almost knocking on my thick skull and be like, hey, you have something that you can share with people and you should do that. And, you know, I noticed over the past couple of weeks here at Apex during our times of worship, you know, when God would kind of intervene and, and even when Sam would be up on stage and just share something and, and pray something in between songs, you know, it would have to do with, you know, waiting and trusting God and, and being able to uh, put our faith in God, all right? Um, so I, I really have just felt like over the last couple of weeks, like that was a really big confirmation on this. Um, so, uh, you know, that's where this is all coming from. So, but we've all waited for things throughout our life. And I'm going to make um, just a very candid statement here. I am not a patient person. I am not. Any, can anybody here relate with that? Like, you're just not patient? Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of hands going up, and I'm not going to call anybody out about it or whatever, but I, I'm terrible at being patient. I'm just not. Whether it's, you know, waiting for my whole entire family to get in the car, and then, like, I get in the car, and I think, where did everybody go? We were all walking out the door. Well, now it's potty parade time. Like, all of these different things, I'm not patient about that. I'm not patient with people at work sometimes when they do really dumb things. Sometimes I send emails back that I wonder to myself, is this going to be the one that I get fired for? <laughs> it, happens, it happens quite a bit, I, more than I would like to admit. Um, so, I, so patience is, is a tough thing. All right? And a lot of times I, always, I often look at it as almost like 
kind of a dirty word to me uh, because it's so hard and I feel like I've been asking God to work on me with it for so long um, and I, I just feel like it's a process. So I want to share with you tonight about that process here. I'm going to weave in some uh, personal story here as well and I hope that's okay and if not, I, you know, whatever, I have the microphone, you don't, so. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, just, I'll send a nasty email. I will. So in January of 2017, uh, I, I was at a major crossroads in my life, and I didn't even know it at the time. Um, at the same time, my favorite basketball team, the Philadelphia 76ers, that's right, um, had recently adopted the phrase, trust the process. And I promise this is not going to be like a major like sports-themed thing, but like this is really crazy how this kind of has been interwoven into my testimony over the past couple of years. So the bottom line with this whole trust the process thing is that the team had spent several uh, years just kind of being average. And if you follow basketball, you know basketball, basically there's a couple teams that have superstars on the team. And they're like super teams, they're unbeatable. So you have to get to a point where you're willing to take a risk in order to get better. So their idea was they hired this general manager and he would always kind of push this idea out there that they needed to trust the process. And the whole idea was that they were going to be terrible, absolutely awful for like two or three years to the point where like you couldn't give away tickets to a game. Like you couldn't like get any kind of enthusiasm up for the team. Like they were basically calling me to come and like play on the 76ers. That's how bad they wanted to be. All right. It was so bad. They were tanking on purpose. And the whole idea behind this is that if you're really bad, you get a better draft pick. And you can get a better player who's coming out of college or coming out of high school. And you can kind of build up these young stars and then encourage one of these superstar players to join the team. And it'll put you over the top. Just to kind of update you on that, not that you really care, this should be the year that the Sixers are really good. All right, So uh, we'll check back in like March and see if that's... Uh, a thing, or if I just continue to go more and more gray. At the same time, God was moving me into a season in life where he was really challenging me to trust him. Uh, I, I went with my wife during that time for a routine ultrasound where we were supposed to find out basically, hey, are we going to have a boy or are we going to have a girl? And like selfishly the whole time I was like, oh, please let this be a boy. Please let this be a boy. Like, you know, I could have little Chase come out and like, it's a joke, inside joke. Um, I'm not really going to name my son Chase, but I'm hoping that at some point she listens to this and is like, I can't believe you said that. Um, but throughout the procedure, we noticed that there was a lot of whispering. There was a lot of people coming in out of room to check on these images. Uh, and suddenly, trust the process was going to take on a whole new meaning for me, whether I realized it or not. So as I said, there's important details that you should know about me. I'm not typically very patient. I don't like to give over control. I don't know if you guys are like me with that, but I like to be in the driver's seat, so to speak, with certain things. And these are two things that I've been working on for quite some time, to be honest with you. It makes it very difficult for people to deal with me at times. You could ask my wife, you could ask family, friends. They will confirm that. Over the course uh, of this message, though, I'm going to share parts of this testimony, uh, not to give myself a pat on the back, because I don't have it figured out. 
all right? Uh, but this is a testimony and proof of how God truly cares for us and wants the best for us as long as we can trust the process. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is trusting God's timing. Uh, I mentioned before that I wasn't always very patient. So as we sat in the exam room, a specialist came in to kind of explain what they were seeing on these pictures and to basically tell us that while in the womb, our daughter's left side of her heart had stopped forming. And even though they did their best to kind of explain this to us and give us the name and talk about some of the things that uh, could be uh, next steps for us and things that were gonna be happening, I just kind of sat there very numb. Um, there were so many questions just flying through my mind. Like, um, and at the time I was just automatically starting to get into my typical mode where I start to try and take control of things. It wasn't even a thought in my mind at the time to let's just stop and pray or whatever. Um, the first thing that I thought of was, all right, what do I need to do? How can I better the situation? What's the next step that we're going to do? So we just kind of numbly sat through it. And then we were whisked away basically to another hospital for some more tests. Eventually we started to pray about it and the news got back to our family and some of our close friends and um, we started to pray, you know, that God would intervene, that we would get a miracle, all right? And over the next several months, we prayed and we prayed that God would do something miraculous. Have you guys ever had to ask for God to move in a situation in your life? I mean, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that's, you know, perceived as super dramatic. It could just be for a situation with you in school, a situation with your family, with your friends, about your future. It could be anything. Um, and you've just kind of waited for an answer. It's, it's a helpless feeling, isn't it? When you're just kind of waiting for that response, waiting for that next step. One of the verses that I really leaned on was Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not trust in your own understanding. That was my first mistake. Agree with him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from what is sinful. You know, around this portion of the verses when people start to, that's really small. I told you I'm not great with technology. Um, around this portion of the, the, the verses here is where people kind of start to taper off and they just use this first part. But I really love this next part. It will be healing to your body and medicine to your bones. Uh, if you think about that deeply, like when you truly trust in the Lord with all your heart and you don't trust in what you can do, what you can understand, it's like healing and medicine to your bones. Honor the Lord with your riches and with the first of all you grow. Then your storehouses will be filled with many good things and your barrels will flow over with new wine. This proverb is a real challenge to someone like myself. It's easy to say that you trust God. And we talk about that all the time. You know, uh, we talk to people, we see them on Sunday morning and say, hey, good to see you. How's it going? Oh, I'm just trusting in the Lord for all that I need. And it's just, it's almost like church speak. We get so ingrained with using those words, but do we really, truly trust him? It's easy to believe that we are, but a lot of times we say, a lot of times we say and believe that we are, but we're still in the background kind of trying to tinker get answers, work solutions out for ourselves. I got to a point in time when I had to purposely and intentionally say that I was going to truly surrender my entire situation to God. 
I didn't know, you know, what kind of health issues that, you know, Amelia was going to be facing or how we were going to pay for everything, what we were going to do if we had to live at the hospital for a long time, um, just a million other things that were going through our minds. And at that point, I had to say, you know, these aren't my problems to solve. They truly aren't. Like, I could take some steps to prepare, which is smart and logical, but really what I need to do is truly surrender these over to God. Just pray on them, meditate on it, just dig deep and allow him and not myself to kind of tinker in that. And, and that's one of the big steps for us. The verse says to agree with him in all of your ways. Uh, one of the ways I believe that we can do this is to surround ourselves by his truth. Um, you know, I, at that time, just to be practical, because um, we always talk about stuff like this, but how do you really do that? I just began to kind of inundate myself with different podcasts, different songs, you know, worship songs, different Bible verses, um, different devotionals and stuff every single day. Um, and whenever I felt overwhelmed or I felt like I needed to kind of push my way back in and get involved again, or I was feeling impatient, I just used those things to fill my time was something that was going to remind me that God was in control of all of this. There was really nothing that I could do. And just like that verse said, all that stuff really acted as like medicine to me. It helped. It was, it was meaningful. It was practical. Everybody would always say, you know, just trust God for a miracle. And what does that really look like? I think this is part of it, is when you start to really deep dive into some of these things. And whenever you feel like, you know, there's no hope or you're, you're losing your faith, you can kind of do these things and get yourself plugged back in. Second Peter 3.8 says this, Dear friends, remember this one thing. With the Lord, one day is as 1,000 years, and 1,000 years are as one day. So without getting too super deep into this verse, the basic idea here at the most fundamental level is that God responds in his timing. And it doesn't matter what kind of timing we expect, um, you know, how impatient we are. At the end of the day, ultimately, things are going to happen in God's timing. Uh, and we don't know what that looks like. And that's the hardest part for me as a human with a finite mind to wrap my brain about, around. It's just difficult to do. Another verse that I really like here that uh, a friend of mine had sent to me literally like earlier this week um, kind of as a devotional, and I, I added it this week, is this, 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Then Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of much rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He got down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. Seven times, Elijah said, go again. The seventh time he said, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand coming from the sea. Elijah said, go tell Ahab, make your war wagon ready and go down so the rain does not stop you. Soon the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was much rain. And Ahab went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He pulled his clothing up under his belt and ran before Ahab to Jezreel. Elijah and the people, just some backstory to this, had experienced a severe drought for three and a half years prior to this story. Elijah, whether 
you know, the people around him knew this, knew that he needed to remain obedient and the promise of God would come. It took seven times, but his servant was finally able to report that a cloud was coming. The lesson here is that no matter how many times it takes, we have to keep going back to God. We have to keep turning to him when we become impatient, when we lose sight of what he's promised to us. No matter how many times you have to press in and go back, the promise is coming. It's so hard in this day and age when, you know, I can just turn to the Google and find anything I want that fast to be patient. Like today I needed to find out what, what popular things happened this week and bang, right there I had a list of like 20. Uh, our patient, our culture uh, is not built on patience. We're built on a need it and want it now mentality, which is great, you know, for a, a ton of things. But when we're talking about uh, from a spiritual perspective and being patient and waiting on God, it makes it very difficult. Because we kind of put God into that same uh, side of the conversation as our culture, and we just can't do that. God does not always work that day, that way. It doesn't mean he isn't listening. It doesn't mean he's not going to respond. And sometimes we just need to go through something to simply learn and grow. For us, we were going through all of this stretching of our faith as a way to really show us how much we can rely and trust in God. I didn't truly grasp that until I totally surrendered myself from trying to just intervene and fix everything all the time. The second thing I want to talk about is trust his direction. Sometimes while we're praying and waiting for an answer, God begins to slowly outline a plan for us. It's important to remember that it might not always be the direction or the path that we expect or want, but he has the best in mind for us. You know, a lot of us know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for well-being and not for trouble, to give you a future and a hope. You know, this verse tells me basically that God desires the best for each of us. And oftentimes we have to walk through some tough stuff in order to get there. During the summer as we were pre preparing for Amelia to be born, we we're praying about some things and we started to get the feeling like my wife should leave her job. And just some backstory here. I mean, she was in, she was at her job much longer than I was. She was in a position where she was making really good money. Uh, she was really well thought of. She was in line for like a whole bunch of like jobs and things they had in mind for her. She was really well thought of and she was likely going to have a pretty high profile job at some point. And I hadn't been there as long, uh, and it was going to, quite honestly, be a major stretch for us to just live off of the money that I was making. We hesitated, and we kind of waffled back and forth at the idea for a while, because we just didn't see how we were going to be able to do it. We were thinking in human terms, and ignoring the fact that God could and would do anything. Eventually, we were actually in church, and we felt like a message was shared uh, and somebody specifically spoke out that God might be moving someone to do something very difficult. And one of the examples was to leave your job. And we hadn't talked to anybody about this. Nobody, ever, at any point. It was just something that we were kind of both internally talking about. Um, you know, and from the pulpit it was said, it might be a big step of faith, but I, we feel like God is moving somebody in this direction. Nobody had any idea we were considering this. 
Throughout history, God has called people to do really tough things that they couldn't figure out. Genesis 21, 8 through 20. I'm going to read through this. When the child grew old enough to stop nursing, Abraham made a special supper on that day. Does anybody call it supper anymore? You guys still call it supper? Yeah, it's a lot of dinner. I mean, I, I saw this and I was like, wow, supper. I was like, reminded me of my grandparents. <laughs> but Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, make fun of Isaac. Abraham was the father of Hagar's son. So Sarah said to Abraham, put this woman's servant and her son out of your home. The son of this woman's servant will never get any of the riches of the family, as, as will my son Isaac. And the, thing brought, and the thing brought much sorrow to Abraham because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be full of sorrow, because the boy and the woman who serves you will be given a name through Isaac. But I will also make a nation of the son of the woman who serves you, because he is your son. So Abraham got up early in the morning. He took bread and a leather bag of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder. He gave her the boy and sent her away. She left and went from place to place in the desert in Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she sat down as far away from him as an arrow flies. I mean, how far away an arrow flies? Like, I don't do any of that stuff. It's like 100 yards or something? Like, if you're really good, can you shoot one like 200 yards? I, I don't know. Yeah, somebody Google that. Yeah, so like, let's say like 100 yards away, all right? We'll be, we'll be generous because who knows what the tech was like at that point. Like, but God heard the voice of the boy. Then the angel of God called Hagar from heaven and said, Why are you so troubled, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the cry of the boy. Get up, lift up the boy, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the leather bag with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew. He lived in the desert and became very good in using the bow. I wish I had bow skills. That'd be awesome. Maybe it's not too late for me. God asked Hagar to do something very difficult. Can you imagine taking your son into the desert and just like wandering, running out of water and not knowing what's going to happen next? You just walk away like a hundred yards or so and you're like, oh, I guess this is it for us. It's just mind-boggling. But she was willing to follow what direction God had given. I can't even imagine the faith that it must have taken to do this. And eventually, God opened so many doors for her and for her son. And I feel like that's what God did for us as well. My wife was offered her salary for a year in one lump sum if she took a buyout to leave the company out of nowhere. A couple other people, I guess, got the same offer, but like this was not expected. We had no idea this was coming. This was an absolute like God thing that happened. So for an entire year, they were going to basically pay her to stay home and, and not work. People at work started putting things together for us. They ran a huge fundraiser for us. Uh, people in the church began to just randomly mail us checks and gifts in the mail. I don't know if somebody put it together, but we never expressed a need to anybody. Uh, we never asked anybody for anything at that point in time, partly because like we didn't know what we needed, but also partly because 
like I'm super prideful and like you think about how difficult it is to just go to people and be like, hey, we have no idea how we're going to do this. Could you just like throw a couple bucks at us? Um, and I know people won't perceive it that way, but that's that's like internally how I was internalizing that. So all of a sudden we had people at work, people at church, people in the community who were putting things together, raising money. We had like just like just candidly thousands of dollars coming in. Not a penny of it did we ever ask for. We just asked that God would begin to open up doors and show us a way that this was going to happen. God even opened up an opportunity to stay with a family that we knew for absolutely nothing, as long as we needed. And there was a point when this family was away on a vacation and they were just like, yeah, here's the passcode to like our front gate. You could just stay at our house and use whatever you need and do whatever you want to. That's like that's unheard of. It's especially in this day and age when like it's so hard to to really trust people and and you know not know if somebody's gonna like rob you and things like that. But they just blindly were like, hey, use everything. It's all yours. You know, it wasn't because we were amazing people. It wasn't because we had things all figured out. And honestly, at times it wasn't even because I was being totally obedient because I was still having doubts. But I was just trusting. Whenever I would have those doubts, I would just kind of lean back into God and say, God, I'm still trusting in you. You know, I would listen to different worship music, whatever it took. We were impatient at first and not willing to listen. But once we allowed God to do what he wanted, all the things started to fall into place. The last thing I want to talk to you about is trusting his decision. Now for the hardest part. I know what you're thinking. How does it get any harder? Well, sometimes God answers our prayers and the answer is yes. And we're happy and we're satisfied and we're quick to praise. We're quick to throw it up on social media, you know, hashtag blessed and, and just, you know, tell as many people as we can. Sometimes the answers keep waiting. And that's tough. And to be honest with you, that stinks. But it's not my decision, it's God's. Sometimes the answer is no, which also stinks. Because we have expectations uh, for our lives and for how we want things to go. And sometimes God has other designs. And sometimes the answer is totally unexpected. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are chosen to be a part of his plan. Regardless of the decision that God gives, we can trust that he's made it because it's what best for it's what's best for us. You know, the way that this story ends has has just been amazing. After months of praying for a miracle and being prayed for by people, it was time to go to the hospital and have Amelia. And we were conflicted because we knew that God was moving us to prepare to live, you know, with all these different issues all of our life. But at the same time, we tried to balance it with the faith that, you know, God could heal her. People had been praying and praying and expecting a healing. Um, and what we didn't realize at the time was that sometimes the healing or the answer that we're looking for comes in a little bit of a different form than what we anticipate in our minds. Our human side expected something to happen that fast. And it could. It absolutely could. But Amelia was born and we watched closely for a few days. At one point, she had a reaction to her medicine for preparing for surgery and she actually flatlined right there on the bed. 
Sorry. All those images are stuck in my head forever. I even have it in my notes, don't cry. <laughs> At two days old, she had open heart surgery and they began rebuilding her heart. We began to start to see all kinds of miracles. She went from, I couldn't even count the amount of medications and IVs that she had going into her. At one time there was like 26 different things <laughs> just feeding into this little little baby. Her demeanor began to improve. Her levels were getting better and better. She was moved into a step-down unit where there had to be less nurses paying attention to her. And before we knew it, she was in a room with like basically they would come by like twice a day. And that was it. And they were talking about sending us home. Just two weeks after surgery, we went home. And when we got home, I felt so guilty. As I realized that we had our miracle. It wasn't exactly what we expected, <clears throat> but it was everything we needed. You know, God took care of everything. We never paid a penny for food, for where we lived, for gas, for tolls, nothing. The hospital stay would eventually be covered. God took care of every single step. And I know this is like super deep stuff. And it's not to make me look like a hero. It's not to make me look like I've got it all figured out. But I just know that every single day, there's so many of us who are praying for our breakthrough, for our miracle. <clears throat> you know, we've been waiting on something. There's something that we've been praying for. Whether it's that someone in our family would get saved, whether it's, you know, uh, someone in our schools for our future. There's all kinds of decisions that we're facing to take the next step in our life. I want to encourage you, don't stop asking God. Allow him the time to move and respond without interfering and getting involved. And it's so tough, I know. It's my personality type. You know, and if there's one thing that I, I would hope that you'd remember is, is not me standing here crying like a knucklehead, but it's know that God loves you and he wants what is absolutely best for you. And if it takes longer than you expect or the answer is different than you hope for, it's okay. Because God has decided what's best for you right now. Just like the story of Elijah, your cloud is coming. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that even in the times that are, are difficult, that are tough, that we don't know what the next step is, we don't know what the answer is, that you've got it figured out, you've got our best interests in mind, that you care for us, you love us, you're looking out for us all the time, God. Help us to truly surrender our situations that we're facing, whether we've been praying for our own healing, whether we've been praying for a family member who's been sick, whether we've been praying for someone in our family to get saved or one of our friends to, to come to know Jesus, whether we've, we've been praying about our future and what's gonna happen next. We know that you've got it all under control and that you're perfectly willing and able to take care of it all. 
We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.